All right. Yo, guys, it's Fancy Stock Exchange here, bringing you uh, part two of our Dynasty Buys list. Today, we're going to be covering wide receivers and tight ends. I'm Daniel, uh, joined by Tyler, Lucas, and Bush. You guys want to introduce yourselves, obviously. What's up? Uh, Tyler Moss, NFL on Twitter. I'm very excited to be back for our wide receiver tight end edition of this video. Quarterback and wide receivers are, no, quarterback and running back are already out. Go check that out. Uh, and one thing I do want to say is I'm going to start doing live drafts. Uh, live film rooms um, on Saturday afternoons and Tuesday uh, evenings. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, want a want a good audience for that? I will be answering questions. Anything you guys want, we're gonna kill it uh, Saturday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Tyler, Tyler just got a boost in confidence because he just realized that Canada has provinces, not provinces. So let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Iowa, Iowa people love their corn. We, we love the corn. corn. I'm going to start off. Terry, Terry McLaurin, Dynasty by wide receiver. We're going to start off with the first listen in the name. Tyler decided to start off reverse in the last video. People might have noticed that, but it's okay. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 25 in FFPC, Dynasty ADP. The rookies are mixed in. Uh, this won't affect his ADP, but I don't know if we get lower later. Maybe it's not actually where they're at, but still the same concept. He's still going there in Dynasty startups. Washington pass plays. Compared to the average across the league, was it, was it minus 5.19 or they were just 5.19 pass plays per game lower than everyone else in the league. Obviously, we know what happened last year. He had Case Keenum. He shined through the beginning of the year. Dwayne Haskins kind of became the quarterback. Then Keenum came back in. Whatever was going on there kind of limited his ceiling or his true wide receiver one talent that I think we saw last year. Average at the target, 14.02. You love to see that for well, any receiver, but yet let alone a number one wide receiver. For a pass, not a pass every team, but a team trailing, because obviously trailing, he's throwing the ball downfield more. Fantasy points right there. Target quality, targets divided by reception. Um, you obviously want that to get as close to one as you can. He was at 1.60. Compared to the average of the top 100 receivers in PPR last year, it was right about average. Nothing really wrong there. Uh, 21st in air yards per game. It's another stat that I love to used for weekly matchups or just breakout candidates, whatever the case may be. So he's right up there in the elite category above his ADP. Unrealized air yards, air yards minus reception yards. So obviously you want that zero because that means the ball is being thrown in the air. How much of that are you actually turning into uh, production receiving yards? He was at 385, which I think was top 25 if I remember right. Basically what I'm trying to say is everything in terms of the broken down uh, stats looks to show positive regression for him and that makes sense there's i don't want to say there's no way the quarterback situation can get worse but it should improve with an offseason of Dwayne haskins keyword should improve but even if you're getting him at wide receiver 25 that's similar to what he put up last year and it's dynasty the man's 22 maybe 23 come start of the season second year yeah he's in it for the long haul second year you're going to see him improve and then another thing i just want to add in vacated targets with all the people that have left obviously free agency is not over so that could um, inc the, the vacated targets could decrease, but it's at 137 right now. That's including Chris Thompson. They obviously added um, Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick, so you can't give all of those to the wide receiver. But the room for growth is there. Um, I don't think you guys probably don't disagree with Terry McLaurin's um, ability or like anything. I just think that it's something that I think people aren't realizing come draft time how valuable he, he is right now. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to add to it. I mean, Terry McLaurin is easily one of my favorite buys. Uh, again, if you didn't take him, I was going to take him. 
Uh, you, take just, him too. <laughs> you just watched him on film last year with how atrocious that quarterback situation was. The fact that he even like not even, statistics aside, just watching him play, he was open on so many of his routes. Like when you were watching games, it was just absurd. I mean, he's got the athletic profile. He had over 900 yards last season. He produced, and that is easily one of the situations of the league that has the most area to improve. I mean, that quarterback situation sucked. They're, their uh, offensive line was depleted from injury, as it is basically every freaking year. Uh, and he's he's clearly the alpha in that offense in terms of that receiving core. I mean, getting him at wide receiver 25, going into his second year, uh, that you're drafting him basically at his yearly floor, and you're getting that for a second-year 23-year-old wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love the buy. I mean, again, like I, every time I get a chance to add him in, fa- in fantasy and dynasty leagues, I have him. Because, uh, I mean, Bush, you can attest to this even our, in our other league. Made sure I swooped him. I mean, Lucas is in it too. Made sure we sw- I swooped him up. Uh, start of the fifth round, start of the sixth round, around that area. He's going to go to 5-6 area. And there's just so much room for improvement. I would not be surprised if by next season we're talking about him as a top 12 fantasy dynasty wide receiver. So uh, I know, Bush, you want to add because you love him yeah. as well. I love Terry McLaurin. He's my victory lap. Uh, the analytics crowd didn't like Terry McLaurin coming into oh, last sure. year. I had him as the third best third best receiver in the class and i was probably the only one who had him that high uh and i love the talent i think he's an incredible receiver i don't think it matters who his quarterback is because i know people are going to tear him down this year with his with the argument that his quarterback situation isn't great who cares if it's Dwayne haskins kyle allen i really don't give a shit because terry mclaurin is a separator and separators generally are good with any quarterback so it doesn't usually require a lot of chemistry. Like Case Keenum had never worked with uh, McLaurin before, and McLaurin was a rookie, and week one came out and balled out. So I don't think it matters who his quarterback is. Wide receiver 25, that's laughable. I'd probably take him like in the top 15 right now, and I guarantee by next year he'll be up there too. Yeah, I mean, his, his ADP is going to start moving up. Uh, if you're drafting in the next couple of weeks, enjoy that. But uh, it, the ADP is going to start rising. I, I think as an upside player, he, he really can be big. Um, unfortunately, the, the thing, and it sucks to, to have to say this, but the thing that's holding him back is his, is his quarterback. I mean, it's not even him that, that's really preventing him from being such a, a key fantasy player, but that's just what the situation is for him. Um, the 25 is ridiculous. I think we're all in agreement with that. Uh, that's way too low. Um, you can definitely swoop him up for a lot cheaper. For, for a lot more, a couple rounds, maybe like a round earlier, and still feel really confident about the move. Uh, I really like McLaurin as a buy right now. Um, the fact that we have to say that he he is a buy because his value is so low is, is kind of dumb with how, how effective he was last year. I would honestly even say at this point, I mean, he should be considered in the tier with the A.J. Browns, with the Coyland Suns. He should be right wow. along those guys, in my opinion. That's how high on him I am on him as I a agree. talent. The only um, thing separating them is the quarterback situation, in my opinion. So I think he's, he's definitely more than a, a wide receiver 25, but I don't really think he's at the Sutton point yet. Um, I think A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown may just touched a bit too high as well. Maybe just built off, off of the end of the year. Um, but I, I can see him definitely at around 17, 18. Uh, easily, and that's that's like six. Metcalf is eighteen right now. I take him over. Yeah, Metcalf. I take, I take him over Metcalf as well, for sure. I positive vibes all over for him. I think it'll be the same from now until day before your draft come um August. But another day two wide receiver Bush. Why don't you break yours down? Yeah. So um, Darius Bush. Slayton, wide receiver forty seven off the board. If you watched the previous episode, you heard my Daniel Jones love. 
uh, Darius Slayton kind of ties into that. So Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton, they had a connection last year. And um, basically, you could see it right away. Darius Slayton was a fifth-round pick. So he was he didn't have the draft capital of a, of a Terry McLaurin, even who was a third-round pick, or of a DK Metcalf, or an A.J. Brown, or a Marquise Brown. And like, he was a fifth-round pick. You really have to earn your way onto a roster into playing time when you're a fifth-rounder. Luckily for Slayton, a lot of the receivers got hurt before the season in New York. So that gave him some opportunity, and man, did the kid run with it. He had a perfect passer rating when targeted last year. Perfect. Which uh, I believe Tyler Lockett had two years ago, which is yeah. the last time I can remember saying that about a receiver. He was, uh, per Matthew uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, he was third in the NFL with five touchdowns against man coverage, which is very important for a rookie receiver, which means he can beat press and get off man coverage. And then he was 10th among all NFL receivers in passer rating against man as well. Um, he's also uh, a member of an, a very exclusive list of uh, players who scored eight-plus touchdowns as a rookie, including Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, among 12 total receivers. Uh, in my opinion, he is the wide receiver one in New York. I don't, I don't uh, anticipate them spending very high draft capital on a receiver. I could see them maybe drafting a fourth-round guy or something. But I think Tate... Shepard and Slayton will be their starting three uh, in 11 personnel. And I, I think Slayton has the most room for an improvement and he's got a young quarterback alongside to develop and grow with him. I was just going to mention too. I mean, the two guys that people might view, Oh, uh, might be scared off of Slayton by, they might say, Oh, uh, he's a wide receiver three, the two guys ahead of him right now, have they ever really proven they could stay healthy for the majority of a season anyways? Like even when I, they can, they're they're more one B complimentary guys anyway. Golden I agree. Tate was never the wide receiver one in Detroit. He might have gotten the most volume, but he was never the guy taking away coverage. That was usually Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay, and then Sterling Shepard always had Odell with him. So, agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I I'm totally on board with your side there. I was just going to mention the people that are in that crowd that may argue that, like, if you watch Darius Darius Slayton play last year, he had that true connection, like Bush said with Daniel Jones and we can't even rely on those other guys to even stay healthy for the long haul. I mean, heck we even all love Evan Ingram. When's the last time we've seen him uh, stay healthy for a sustained amount of games? Uh, I love Slayton. I mean, wide receiver 47 is ridiculous here. You're buying him at his potential. I mean, let's be honest here. Even if he hits his floor, it's most likely going to be higher than wide receiver 47. So uh, I, I love the, I love the pick here for a uh, buy. I definitely am going to be targeting him in, the majority of my drafts anyways i know uh lucas tyler you guys want to yeah i think that um the 47 too i don't want us to like harp on it a lot because that is with the rookies mixed in so he's probably right around like the 35 range i think you could say maybe like 30 late late 30s and i think the thing with him is i'm not a big big film guy obviously but i do watch football on sunday those two things i don't think are the same thing film guys can probably say that too it's not the same thing but obviously you touched on the Golden Tate was suspended the first four games. Sterling Shepard was injured in preseason to start the year. And Slayton kind of broke out or just kind of had good volume uh, or had good production because he was getting volume. But I think the thing that made me buy in is when they came back, he was still getting the most targets on top of producing the most. So not even like he was breaking long touchdowns, whatever the case may be. He was the number one target. And that says something for one, a rookie quarterback, and two, an offense with much superior talent in Evan. I, mean, I get Evan Ingram's a better talent than he is. I'd honestly say Shepard's pretty close or better. And I'm, Golden Tate's probably a better talent as of right now in his career. So I think that that just proved 
that he is a very good dynasty piece. We were talking about it um, before the last recording, and we said, what would you pay for him? Uh, I guess like the max we'd pay if someone asked us. I answered late first, same with everyone else. Yeah, people might be gonna say, in, in a non super flex, I probably would pay as as far as up to maybe the 107, 108. I mean, in a super flex, probably closer to the 110 to 112. But you're gonna be able to get him most likely with a a, a high to, or a low to mid uh, second round pick. Sorry, low meaning like yeah. 202, 202 to 205. About you, you could easily scoop him up. And I, think, I just think that's great value. And I think people are probably screaming at us like, "Are you kidding me? A first round pick? Name a receiver besides the top two, maybe rugs." That are going to get drafted, slide in as the number one receiver on a team. Like maybe. Did you hear the names of the players that of the company he's in too? Yeah. When when a rookie receiver has that type of efficiency and that type of production, it's very, very telling for the future. Do you guys remember Juju Smith Schuster's rookie year? How mm-hmm. efficient he was on his limited targets, and guys like Michael Thomas was very efficient on his limited targets. It's usually. And that like just projects a breakout. Sometimes it happens in the rookie year. Sometimes it happens in the second year. But that's usually on the cusp of a breakout. And I think Darius Slayton is going to be a wide receiver two next year. And I'm going to take him wherever he's going in redraft too. I'm taking him in the seventh, sixth, eighth round. I don't care where he's going. Mm-hmm. I all on board. Yep. I mean, it's it's so hard to disagree with that with that ADP. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, a lot of these guys. The reason we're making this video is to make it clear to you guys that. There's a lot of people not getting the respect they kind of deserve for, for their talents. Uh, and I think Slayton is just another long list of, of guys who I, I agree just aren't getting the, the, the hype from, from last year. I mean, a lot of the times we see these people, they want to hype on, on all the stuff that, that certain guys have done. And then some of the rookies just kind of get left behind. And I feel like that's with Slayton. Um, talking about guys who I kind of feel like got left behind, um, Jameson Crowder of the Jets. He's currently going 139 overall for all players. He's the wide receiver 66. So he's actually probably actually going later than that. So we're looking at Jamison Crowder. And the main thing I want to point out is Robbie Anderson's gone now. So there's 52 receptions just completely just out in the open right now. And, and Chris Harden, I, I don't believe in. I know he was a big tight pickup uh, after suspension, but nothing really followed suit after that. Um, there's not really any more other. I mean, a new is there, but. Jameson Crowder could just be in line for an even bigger season than he had this past season. I mean, he has he had 76 receptions, which I think could definitely find its way into the 80s this upcoming season um, with his next with his second year of establishment in offense, uh, potentially even in the 90s. I mean, that's only 14 receptions away, and again, you're making up for 52. Uh, looking at the other numbers, I mean, 24.7 percent. Uh, target share that that's that's really big and then throwing on to add that not only is he um, a core just uh, getting the ball to uh, when you're in the red zone 30 percent target share so his red zone percentages were actually boosted uh higher than than he actually was getting just on regular uh, normal plays so with those 52 receptions being out in the open and with the target share that Crowder just naturally is being given by Darnold uh, and second year in an offensive system, the fact that he's wide receiver 66 is an absolute joke. Because he, he, he seriously right now is the wide receiver one in that offense. And they could draft someone short, but he's still the wide receiver one in that offense unless they go and they get Judy with their offensive line pick, which we're calling their 111. Uh, and there's no reason Jamison Crowder isn't, isn't the wide receiver one for that offense. And I find that he could definitely be higher than wide receiver 66, like remarkably higher. 
I was I can add to that especially. I mean, wide receiver sixty six. What is that? A fifth or a wide receiver five on your team? You plug a guy like Jamison Crowder in there, who's a wide receiver one in his own offense, as your wide receiver five. Like that, I just think that's tremendous value. I mean, you're getting him super late in drafts. You're getting him like I don't even know how long. What you say his overall was? Uh, one thirty nine. Yeah, you're getting him. It's probably later. Yeah, probably later. I mean, it's just a complete. It's a complete roster construction. Like just like okay, I don't. I don't have the ADPs pulled up, but I'm sure it's like Jamison Crowder, and I'm sure. I can't even pull a guy out. Like I can't even like think of a guy like a Akeem Butler exactly. or like I don't even know like yeah, who. Yeah, Akeem Butler is probably pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't even know like who like would that. be down there. And I think someone might say play the upside of Akeem Butler, but play the upside of what the sixth option on the Cardinals' offense. Go get the number yeah. one target for the Jets. That I know it's not pretty. I know it's like oh he might only get me ten points, but that week that by week fillin. Yeah, or you're rebuilding. That's a perfect person to put in that you could rebuild and not – I mean, I know you don't want to necessarily win, but then you trade him to a contender middle of the season because maybe Juju gets hurt. Yeah, like whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I think it's complete. It's – I think it just shows how roster construction works when it comes to dynasty startups or even just trading in dynasty and how you can leverage sort of the the recency bias and the personal bias of another person's uh, roster construction. Yeah, no matter how inefficient it may be, Adam Gase loves to feed his slot receivers. Yeah, and how bad they are too, yeah. With, yeah, with uh, with Jarvis Landry in Miami, you saw how many targets he used to get. Um, Jamison Crowder, what was it, 17 targets he had week one this past year? Yeah, Something yeah. crazy. I remember he had like a crazy amount of targets week one. Everyone's rushing yeah, to the waiver wire. I picked up McLaurin because I'm smart. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so jamison crowder i think at wide receiver 66 like danny mentioned i think that like you can use a player like that if you're in a dynasty league with like four or five flex spots like that's the perfect guy to throw in there and he'll get you eight to ten points every week because not only adam gase's offense sam darnold has favored the slot as well uh when quincy uh, and sam darnold's rookie year he loved quincy and Nunwa. like it, it's just it's a perfect marriage of the system and the player as long as jamison crowder can stay healthy i'm sure he can give you wide receiver three um, production in uh, in good matchups. Easily. I mean, he's not going to be the sexiest name, but he gives you a floor. And there's going to be those weeks where he just gets 15 targets. He's going to give, like, obviously, like, we're not buying him for his ceiling, but I mean, there's going to be weeks where he's going to get fed the ball. And if you're in any sort of PPR format, especially, I mean, that's a weekly floor that you can just rely on, especially to uh, buoy your team. So uh, I, I love that value. Now another player uh, segueing into my guy. A lot of another player that I love their value at at this point in the, the offseason is Michael Gallup. I mean, Cowboys bias aside, he's going as the wide receiver twenty six right now, which I just find to be absurd. I mean, last year half PPR formats, he was the wide receiver twenty two overall. But the thing I look at, he was the wide receiver thirteen on points per game and had over eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns in thirteen games. When I'm looking at his situation. He's in a top five scoring offense in the entire NFL, has a franchise quarterback throwing him the ball, and has uh, people are going to say Amari Cooper's a negative. I look at it as a positive for Blake, uh, not Blake Jarwin, uh, we'll get into him, uh, for Michael Gallup, simply because it takes so much pressure off of him. I mean, we, we saw what he did in a complimentary role last year. He's outperforming his ADP, what his current ADP is, just based off last season. He's a 24 year old receiver entering his fourth year in the NFL, or third year in the NFL, sorry. And to me, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, I, I didn't really look too much into the numbers in this one. Just simply, the only real number I need to see here is 
Wide receiver, 13 points per game last year, 22 overall finish, and he's going under that this year, and he's only 24. I just think it's a no-brainer. I mean, uh, if he's there fifth, sixth round, like, I think it's a no-brainer. So what are you guys' thoughts on Michael Gallup? I think that – go for it. Okay, so I think I'm not going to, like, try and pump him up because I think we all will. Rank for me right now in Dynasty, Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup, Debo Samuel um, – Trying to think of like one more that maybe even AJ Brown because I, I personally I think AJ Brown is even the three and the four in that category. So uh, rank those four in Dynasty right now. Personally, I mean, to me, it's uh, I don't like again the order is going to change for me, but AJ uh, AJ Terry Michael are like the three above for me, and then Debo's like below them in my opinion. Okay. I, and I still love Debo, but uh, I just looked at, I mean, you're getting the proven production with those guys. Well, Debo, like everybody's kind of fantasizing what Shanahan can do with him in a sense. So I would just, I, I don't know. What do you, four there. I mean, I, I, I would go Terry, AJ, Debo, then, then Gallup. I kind of just like, I like the fact that the entire 49ers offense is now, is now built around their running game and getting the ball to Debo. They're going to draft a wide receiver. That's fair, but I don't really it's, I don't really see it stealing as much from Debo because they're not going to draft a guy that's similar to him um, unless they do, and then I'll change my take immediately. Uh, I think A.J. Brown's default potential is, is incredible. His, his just big play potential is really nice. And then, you know, Tano getting another another full season. Well, the first full season with them this upcoming year is going to be big. And then Terry, we already talked about him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would have Gallup for him. I, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with your order, Tyler. I think I would have it the exact same. I, think, I, I love, I love all of them. To be honest, like I like yeah. all four of those guys. I think they'd all be in my top twenty. Yeah, same. Uh, dynasty receivers. So I, of especially of the rookie, uh, the previous rookies going into the second year of those guys, I definitely like those three the best. Um, but uh, in terms of Gallup, I think when you look at it, the volume that the Cowboys offense had, the one problem I have is I do think it's going to come down. They had the most passing yards in the league last year i was year, actually going to mention that uh they passed the ball at a 58 percent clip last year they're bringing in mike mccarthy who in his green bay days is known for throwing the ball throwing the ball throwing the ball his run pass splits in green bay were in the high 60s so i just yeah. think that's going to help Gallup in terms of overall volume volume not to mention he was easily tops in the nfl in terms of drops like he dropped so many passes last year again he's a young ascending receiver he's talented that's something that he can easily correct out of his game. I just think that when I'm watching, like obviously I watch a lot of Cowboys games. I'm a Cowboys fan. When I'm watching those games, I just see what Gallup is able to do with the ball in his hands and the production backs it. 1,100 yards, six touchdowns in 13 games uh, for a sophomore season just proves to me that not only does he have the production and the potential, but he's got the talent to be able to uh, back it up. So. Yeah, the one sorry, you can go ahead. So the one concern I have is that last year the Cowboys defense was really banged up, and it seemed like that caused them to throw the ball a lot. And I know they lost Byron Jones, but I I do think they're going to replace him somehow. And I think just their defense in general is going to be healthier than it was last year. I know there's no really way of knowing that, but it just seems like so. a horrible loss. <laughs> uh, I just think their defense is a lot better than what they showed last year. So I don't see them having to throw five thousand passing yards this coming year. I think they're going to be able to establish Zeke a little bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, I de- definitely agree. I think I think Gallup's incredibly talented, and I think he's he's probably on pace for another like similar stat line to what he had last year, like a twelve hundred like seven touchdown type season, and which is which is definitely wide receiver two, if not like uh, borderline wide receiver one production. If he's if he maybe gets lucky with some touchdowns and stuff. I was just about to mention. I mean, eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns in thirteen games last year. Uh, that's wide receiver twenty two, and he did that in thirteen games. 
So, I mean, like, projected over the full season, again, wide receiver 13, that, that's giving you your high-end two production. Uh, obviously, you, you mentioned you think the overall volume is going to come down. But even if he's giving you wide receiver 15, 16 production, you're getting him here at the wide receiver 26. Yeah, and like, he's young, too. So yeah. That definitely helps. I think um, a couple of things I'm just going to add. So, yes, the passing volume will come down. But there's somewhere, I think it's a little north of 150 vacated targets between Randall Cobb and Jason Witten. So obviously, not that those will even out, but I think even if it does come down, he's going to see 30 more targets. I mean, even more maybe. You know, you, We don't really know what the case may be. McCarthy, yes, passed the ball. His, also, his third receiver for like five straight years was Randall Cobb, prime Randall Cobb. So there was kind of more of a reason as to that. And they never really had a running back. They tried with Eddie Lacy. Obviously, that didn't work out so well. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Himself. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a, it's a prime buy. And we've done many mocks. I've constantly just taken the cheapest ones every single time yeah. it comes down to that. Because um, that, that's the, the way five, to do six it. 5-6 turn. Yeah, don't five, six reach. 5-6 turn's the sweet spot for those guys. Don't reach on any of those guys. Just take the cheapest ones because they're all going in chunks. And someone will reach with them provides value elsewhere. So I'll move into Darren Waller now, my tight end. Um, we got all the receivers, right? I'm not missing anyone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, Darren Waller, my tight end. He's tight end six right now. That doesn't seem like a buy, but to me... Well, one, I think Zach Ruth is going to regress a bit, maybe even be traded, whatever the case may be. And then that would probably slide him right into that tight end five. Um, but I'm not going to talk about the other ones regressing because I think even Andrews is going to regress a little bit. But Darren Waller, last year, was the route participation was fourth among all tight ends, um, just showing that he is more active than even guys like Earth and all those guys are just because he needed to be because they had a lack of weapons. The Raiders have not really added anyone yet. Um, they're projected to add a receiver in the draft but no one knows what they actually are no one knows exactly who people are taking so we'll see how that plans out i think even if they added a jerry judy or cd lamb that will help them because i mean not that people are double covering the tight end but they're gonna have to focus on that a little more he was a 2019 tight end five like i mentioned so obviously he's being drafted one less lower than what he finished last year you could say 27 he's locked up there for four more years through 2023 so he's not going anywhere he, contract. he has no outs in his contract and the volume is just huge i think i don't know what his like overall ranking is in terms of startups but he i don't see him falling past tight end five even honestly four this year where i have him ranked right now i just think that it's a very safe pick with, with really, really no room really to grow i mean moving up to tight end five from six, six probably isn't much but really no room for error that, that I think would just slide right in nice if your league does use tight ends. Uh, I like I like Waller's talent. Again, the the only thing that really concerns me about Waller is the usage that Oakland or sorry, the way Oakland used him when Hunter Renfro played at the end of the season. Because in the last five or so games, when Renfro was really taking that slot role, uh, Renfro was getting plenty of usage, plenty of targets, and that really cut into Darren Waller's work a ton. I believe in the talent. I think he is an excellent player. It's just, again, if Renfro's there, I just don't know how he's going to be used, which will cause me to kind of uh, not not so worry, but more so like devalue him compared to guys like, again, like you got the top three and Andrews, uh, Kelsey, and Kittle at the top. Again, I don't know. He, he scares me a little bit, but if I knew for sure that it, his usage was going to be the same as last year, I would have no problem even sliding him into my tight end four right off the bat. So I know Bush wants to add two uh, and Tyler. So what are you guys thinking about Waller? Yeah. I, if, what if Mariota's the starter? I mean, we haven't even talked about that. Mariota, 
I mean, I don't he's not, he's not, not worse, worse than Derek Carr. I mean, I see them kind of in a similar vein. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, what are you, are you saying that'd be a good thing or a bad thing if, if Mariota is a starter? I think it's kind of neutral. Yeah. Tyler? And that's your right. So if, if Mariota's the starter, I, I, I can't really see Darren Waller being more than just a tight end six, which is still a good value for him, obviously. But, I mean, I, I would take – if I knew Mariota was a starter today, I would take Ben over him. I would take um, – I would take the – if this is a dynasty startup, I'd take Hawkinson over him. I would take Giuseppe over him for the year. My tight end will get to that later. Mainly because I don't want to play the Mariota game. I, I, I've played it before because I've Corey Davis before. It's not fun having a receiver in, in a Mariota passing offense. If, if Carr's the uh, if Carr's a starter, I, I, I love the fun. Mar- I, Mariota held Delaney Walker to top five tight end seasons many, many times. I mean, but like, what about last year when, when he had. Um, when he played like four games with half of Delaney Walker, kind of Johnny Smith and Anthony Ferkser. I was just going to mention too, I mean, you were talking about how Mariota devalued his outside receivers. If that's the case, are, are you not like worried about the wide receivers in the offense, like Tyra Williams or whatever receiver that they're adding? So if that's, but if that's the case, if you're devaluating the, those outside receivers, the targets have to go somewhere. So like, in my opinion, if that's the case, the targets are going to go to the slot and round for it. They're going to go to Waller. Uh, again, like my my main concern here is just how much Renfro was used in that offense when he came back at the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I mean, Mariotto, Carr, take your pick. Obviously, it is a concern, especially due to uh, they wouldn't have the rapport that he would have had with Carr just last season. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, sorry for cutting you off. You can finish ahead, Tyler. Uh, yeah. I more or less just think it's going to be a running team, which isn't what Gruden wants, but it's kind of what he's being forced to uh, hand-wise into because the, the receiving crew isn't really talented and he doesn't have a solid uh, quarterback to actually function a passing offense. I think it's just going to run a lot through Jacobs. I think there may be a decline in targets uh, just overall as a, as a passing offense. I mean, again, I still like Waller uh, six, but I mean, I, I can't really say that I want to see him more than – more above guys like Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, and yeah. Kansas. Before we before we move completely off topic, so Andrews, he only played fifty three percent of the snaps. That's not sustainable. We can that'll be a whole different video. You mentioned guys like Noah Fant, Gasecki. I don't even remember who else you said. Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson in, in the form of a startup. Yeah. No matter how good those guys play, there's no way they produce it with the volume that Darren Waller is going to get. Like, as much as we think, I mean, I know we've had this conversation. I love Noah Fan, I'm a Broncos fan. As much as we think this breakout's going to happen, even if he is the number two tight end, there's no way he's going to outproduce Waller strictly off of Waller's volume. Like, that's just how tight ends work. Waller's going to get 10 yard catches, 10 yard catches, 10 yard catches, a touchdown. Even if Fant puts up, I don't even know, I don't even want to throw out a stat line because it might. 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Waller's going to do that. Waller will produce that this year. Yeah. And the, the following the year. Would, and the following no. year when he's locked up for four no. more years. Well, I get the lockup. It's just, again, uh, I don't necessarily believe that the volume that he got for the first 11 weeks is necessarily going to carry over to next year simply because we saw last five weeks of the season once Renfro really made a role for himself in the offense. We saw how much of a hit uh, Waller took. Now, again, tight end six, I see him around that tight end six, tight end seven mm-hmm. range. There's, I'm perfectly fine taking him there. I, that that would just be my concern. If I didn't have yeah. that concern, and I would we, have no problem taking him in the top four, top five. We took the splits, and I think it was about 28 points less. 
Um, so take that for what you will. I guess I don't know how that compares to points per game compared to fan or whatever the case may be. But, I so mean, I, that's over what five games? Uh, four or five games. Yeah, so yeah something like take, that. About, but yeah, about I, six points to I get where game. that could um, mesh because it's a similar uh, route tree or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I think we'll move on. We don't spend too much time on it, so we guys can move on yeah. to you guys. Yeah, I, I mentioned him in a little bit earlier, Mike Kisaki. Uh I don't know his tight end ADP right now. It's sitting around 11 on the sleeper. Um, I, I easily feel like he can, he can find his way into a top 10 if, if they go with the Herbert route, and maybe even if they stay with Fitzpatrick. I mean, he was sitting number seven in targets last year. He had 89. I like that. Obviously, we, we stay volumes key with tight ends. Um, number three in deep targets. And that's with that's with an offensive line that's just always falling apart, uh, and the passing offensive line which is just really rough for Miami, which will be addressed and already has begun to be addressed in free agency. Um, so it, it shows that they're trying to get themselves more time in the passing offense, which means that I, I easily feel like Kaseki could be uh, the, the most highest tight end in the deep target kind of uh, percentage. Um, he had a uh, was it seventy percent uh, snap share, so he's on the field. Um, Unlike, you know, Mark Andrews, we talked about 53% uh, on the field. Um, 72% uh, route participation. So, obviously, he's when they put him out there, it's it's for passing. And he does a little bit of run blocking, but it's more to shadow his passing uh, effects. Um, I want to look at really, really key. Uh, the end of the season for Miami, last six games, it starts with the Browns game. It finishes with the Patriots game. Um, kind of how their offense started to come together. We started to notice that towards the end, they started putting up a lot more points. They averaged 27.8 in this stretch. Um, Mike Gusecki averaged 13.4 uh, points per game. When they started finally pulling together uh, their entire offense as a whole, uh, and sure, he struggled early in the season, but everyone on that offense did. So when they finally started coming together and, and figuring it out. Mike Gusecki was a key part of that uh, offense, and it kind of shadowed uh, what could end up happening this upcoming year. That 13.4 in six games, and, and that's with the game where he busted at about 2.9 um, in, in one of those games. Mike Gusecki was very, very effective uh, down the stretch, and that was key because I think that's going to shadow what he'll do in the upcoming uh, in the upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I think even boosts my confidence with him is I don't think the Dolphins add wide receiver talent in the draft, primarily because they're going to go – well quarterback they're gonna go they're gonna feel the need 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 they still have Preston Williams and Devontae Parker and a mix of three wide receiver three prospects Patrick it, Laird running back oh, yeah Albert Wilson <laughs> Jakeem Grant those so guys. and I think that well, Albert, Wilson's, Albert Wilson's a, a legit guy he's healthy I, I mean yeah yeah, yeah good slot guy too and I think that the Dolphins know that's not a point of need I think they did a very if they if I think they thought that there was a point of need they would have went after a guy like Robbie Anderson Brashad Perriman something like that they obviously didn't because they i mean they killed the offseason we don't even need to talk about that but i think that they could have done it you're right gusecki's gonna see i don't want to compare uh volume but i think he's gonna see close to like a tyler higby type volume who knows how effective that's gonna be but i think it's gonna be right in that like tier two tight end range um with that's probably a ceiling i would say but i think that it's definitely there and we saw late last year that when they use him where he should be, not as a true tight end, more of a slot tight end, kind of just like a over the middle guy, he can really shine. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, more than just a tight end too. I mean, shit. Because I mean, he's sitting at eleven right now. Tight end right? premium. He, uh, he means like tier. 
So I like you got oh, your top tier in Kittle, Andrews. Yeah, yeah my yeah. bad. I might not have said tier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bush. I know. I know you wanted to add. Uh... Yeah. So um, uh, Lucas just mentioned the slot. Uh, like uh, roller. For, yeah. Yeah. For um, Gasecki, Gasecki actually played uh, of his seventy percent snap share. He played thirty five percent in the slot, which was like uh, top like five among tight ends, which is like exactly what you want to see, especially when you have a gunslinger at quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. He can feed people. Like he'll feed him. Like he doesn't care. Like he he's a D gaffer. He doesn't give a shit who he's yeah. going to. You, he's you've seen his post game interviews. Relevant. Yeah, he, he, he like, doesn't I care. Saw it in Tampa, like he literally. <laughs> yeah, he's, he was wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothing somehow. But um, <laughs> basically, uh, Mike Gusecki, he's an athletic freak. Like you saw his numbers in 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 uh, the combine and stuff, and he reminds me a lot of of OJ Howard especially considering what OJ Howard did in his second year. Now, obviously Bruce Arians had to fuck up everything <laughs> and, uh, and not allow that breakout to happen. But I think Gostecki's exactly where OJ Howard was last year. So I think that a breakout should be coming. And I agree with Lucas. I don't think they're going to add like, ma- like maybe they'll add like a day three. Like they don't, they don't need to is the thing. Like no, they, they, yeah, they'll probably use like a fifth rounder or something yeah, like which, receiver, but like yeah, nothing like significant. I, I'd imagine they're going to roll with basically the guys that they have because Parker's the number one, and Preston Williams has shown, like, number two flashes, so. Uh, I mean, it segues kind of into my guy. Uh, my breakout has is, again, I kind of mentioned him, spoiled him a little bit earlier. It's Blake Jarwin. I mean, he's going off as the tight end 23 in a startup right now, and I just look at it. Just based off the vacated uh, targets that Jason Witten left alone, like, he should figure in to easily, in my opinion, the top 15 tight ends. I mean, I look at it, I've, I've been on the Jarwin train for the longest time. Call me Cowboy Homer, Cowboy Bias. But I just watched this guy jump off the screen. He was clearly the most talented tight end on the roster last season. And, you know, Jason Garrett wants to get old man Wynn out there who catched the ball and fucking rolled over. Uh, yeah, no, watching Jarwin play, like he's had games where he's just broken out and you've seen the talent evident. I mean, I'm not going to go too far in the numbers here, but again, Jason Wynn's gone. He finished as a tight end 12 last year. We've seen what the Cowboys' offense is. They're an explosive power unit. Uh, not power, like a powerhouse unit. Like Powerhouse meaning like they're very good, right? They're very good offense. Top five in points scored last year. Dak Prescott, uh, 4,900 passing yards. I mean, we mentioned that his volume might go down, but the pass percentages are going to go up. Uh, again, they just lost Randall Cobb. I mean, do we really expect a rookie slot receiver, like assuming they add one, because I don't think they're going to roll in with Cedric Wilson as their slot. A rookie slot receiver is going to replace what Randall Cobb did for that offense last year. Again, Blake Jarwin got got signed to an eight million dollar per year contract this offseason. Three years, twenty four million. If he if the team didn't believe that they were going to use him as a top tight end, they would not have given him that contract. Plain and simple. So again, I talked about Gallup earlier. Uh, Blake Jarwin for me here, tight end twenty three. I just think the potential is so much higher. And honestly, I've said this a lot, but his floor is higher than where he's going right now. He is going to be used in that offense. That team is going to throw the ball, and Dak Prescott is going to deliver it to him. So, uh, again, what are you guys' thoughts on Jarwin? I just think tight end 23 at this point is comical. Yeah, I think that I'm going to multi-step break down this. I don't want to go too far. I like vacated production. It's great. It helps you get a baseline of sort of breakout players. But I don't want to use vacated production to sort of – um to peg breakouts because that's exactly what we did with oj howard last year and i mean that's true circumstances differing um there is a lot of vacated targets there 
He is a only vertical threat tight end. He's not going to be in on the run blocking plays unless he develops that, but there's no camp or anything right now for him to develop that. So I don't know where he would, I guess you could say. Um, so we'll see how that develops. But I, yes, I think his floor is there. We're recording this as of now, tight end 23. That's not going to be there come draft season. It's going to shoot up once it's people realize up. that. And I think it's going to shoot up right around the Gusecki range. I, I still think I would prefer guys like Gusecki. And I don't... Well, this part of me is like hesitant, but I do see the true upside of Jarwin. I mean, at this cost right now, again, Tyler mentioned you're getting Gasecki, would you say tight end? Uh, 23 or... Exactly? I, I, I know that. So that's... Uh, yeah. No, I'm saying like, what, what was uh, Gasecki's like tight end ranking? I can I can pull it up here. Keep going. Okay. Sorry about that. I was just going to say, he's more, more than likely going to be going higher than Jarwin. So you're getting the discount baked into the price. And you're probably going to get a player who's most likely going to produce similar production this year. I love both players. I love Gesicki. I love Jarwin. I, I just think they're they're two talented tight ends. And uh, yeah, no, th- there's definitely a, a space here for Jarwin to truly show both his talent and uh, the volume he's going to get here. So, uh, Bush, what are your thoughts on uh, Jarwin? Yeah, Jarwin to me, he I don't think he's anywhere near the Mike Gesicki tier personally. I think I think he's more of a dart throw than like a, a hopeful breakout type guy. But I think he's closer. We'll talk about my tight end in a second. I think he's more in that tier um, of Hayden Hurst. So basically what I'm thinking with Jarwin is I think his he's definitely – I agree he is too low, but I think he'll – by the time drafts come around, I think he'll be around like a mid-tight end uh, two. And I think that's about where he should be going because I don't – like I see the the potential of, uh, of him in the offense, but I do think he'll 100% be the fourth option behind Zeke, Cooper, and Gallup. Yeah. So – I don't. I don't see a, a tremendous amount of upside, but I definitely think he could be a, a, a buy in dynasty and a, a value at where he's going. Yes, yeah, we just. I was just going to mention. Sorry, uh, winning the tight end twelve last year as the fifth option, and we saw what Randall Cobb did as the fourth option in that offense last year. I mean, that offense was absolutely dynamic. I don't see them taking a, a big step back from what they did last year. Uh, but yeah, again, like obviously it's it's a big risk because we've been pounding the table on Jarwin's breakout for the past two years. And it just hasn't happened. So I mean, the, he could very well bust. But at tight end twenty three, I'm I'm throwing that dart every freaking draft. I mean, he played fifty percent of the snaps one time. He's, he's barely on the field. The receptions aren't crazy. I mean, he had seven and seven towards the end of the season in a mix of four games. But I mean. I guess I'm just not a believer of it. I, I just, I, I struggle to believe that, that he, he's going to be huge. Um, I don't think he's around Jusecki. I think that's a large reach. Um, do I think 25 maybe with the opportunity is, is too low? Uh, absolutely. But I don't really think he's going to climb up into the, the 13, 12, 11 range at all. He, Gusecki's tight end 13 on the FFPC ADP. Blake Jarwin's tight end 20. Uh, we're not necessarily making rankings, but I'm just going to kind of do this to sort of compare it. So it goes Mike Gusecki. Would you guys rather have O.J. Howard over um, Blake Jarwin? Most likely at this point, yeah. Johnny Smith? Yeah. I'm taking Blake Jarwin over him. That one, that one's close for me, too. Uh, Irv Smith, That's I would... That's absurd to me. I'd take Jarwin over Irv Smith. Irv Smith all day. Yeah, that one, that one's tough. If you're able to play the waiting game on your dynasty team, take Irv Smith. I think that's the better long-term plan. Ian Thomas... I'm taking Jarwin over Ian Thomas. That was way little, too many that mouths. That one's a little close. That's There's the same. Way too many mouths that's similar. Feet. It's going to be like the fourth, fifth option on the offense kind yeah, of. So would you want it in a coin toss? I would. Would say. you want it in a Bridgewater led offense or in a Dak Prescott led offense? I think that's I'd my. Take that's 
my case on it. The tight end, mainly because of how deep he's going to throw the ball or Smith 3.9. I mean, we talked about it in my uh, plug, quick plug in the quarterback running back video. We talked about Bridgewater, how he doesn't really get the ball as deep. I think that's that's more just how he plays as the player or what's different with that. I feel like. I mean, Irv's, Irv's, wait, are we talking about Irv's? I mean, no, no, sorry, Ian Thomas. Thomas. My, Ian, my bad. I moved on. I was thinking old Vikings days Bridgewater, but yeah, uh, Ian Thomas is a vertical threat as well. And uh, give me the quarterback that's going to throw it deep. Like Dak, like that's Dak Prescott can actually hit on his deep pra, uh, targets to Jarwin. Yeah, but I mean, like he's he's an athletic tight end. I mean, in general. Yeah. All right, Jared Jared Cook's the next one. I'm assuming we'll you're gonna take, but it, that that is completely team, team dependent. Yeah, yeah. Team and yeah, then I think it's just, it's just the age. I think Hayden Hayden Hurst here is the last one. Um, that yeah, one that's is about nice I think. Segue. Yeah, we'll I roll, like right, a lot, we'll roll so right into um, the last tight end. Yeah, the last tight end for uh, Bush. It's Hayden Hurst, if you haven't figured that out yet. So take it, take us away. <laughs> All right. So for starters, did you guys know that the Ravens threw the ball 42% of the time? Yeah. 42%. And like, and like 80% of the tight end of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the crazy thing, I was looking at what's the difference between the Falcons' pass splits and the, the Ravens. It's 26%. Mm-hmm. It's passed 26%. It's crazy. So they pass. It's a pass-heavy offense in Atlanta. Obviously, I've mentioned on previous videos that Dirk Cutter knows how to use his tight ends. Um, uh, obviously, with Austin Hooper signing in Cleveland, there's a big vacation. Uh, vacation. Uh, sure. There's a lot of vacated targets in uh, in Atlanta to the tune of seven and a half targets per game to the tight end, and a 19% target share to Austin Hooper alone. And uh, if you look back at Dirk Cutter's history with tight ends, he's always favored them. Uh, OJ Howard and Cameron Bray kind of split the role uh, in 27 and uh, 2017 and 2018, and they had a 20% share between the two of them. So um, with Hurst being the only real like good tight end, I don't know, big Jaden Graham truther. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, um, you can expect that he's going to command probably an 18 to 20% target share, uh, similar to what Hooper uh, commanded last year. And you know that's probably going to happen because they traded significant capital to get him. Like. Hayden Hurst, you could probably say, is probably not lived up to a first-round billing. Like, they took him over Lamar, yeah. LOL. <laughs> and uh, they, they still traded a, a second-round pick, which is a pretty high second-round pick, and a fifth-round pick to get him. So he's, in my opinion, he's a clear-cut tight end one in his offense. He's uh, in a system that favors tight ends. He's leaving a crowded uh, room in Baltimore that had, like, 74 tight ends that could all produce. And he's a, to me, he's, he's a late ADP, yet he seems pretty safe and has pretty decent upside. Yeah. I was just about to mention, I mean, are we completely sure right now that Austin Hooper is a more talented tight end than Hayden not even Hurst? He's not even close. That's exactly what I was going to say. Hayden Hurst is more athletic, and Austin Hooper was a product of Calvin Ridley being injured and Julio Jones getting double, tripled, half the defense covered, and of, and, and no run game in a Kirk Cutter offense. Austin Hooper was what the Austin Hooper was what the tight end four on uh, points per game. He was tight end year? one before he was. He was tight end one before he got hurt, and he yeah. ended up he finished the season as tight end six and twelve games. But now yeah, I think overall, before yeah. the thing with that, you're going to say like insert Hayden Hurst more athletic. Austin Hooper's more of a vertical dominant, like big body tight end. So that's the one thing I think we'll need to be interested to see. Like, do they draft a tight end that's like big, like a Harrison Bryant? Maybe I don't really. Well, I kind of have to see how that's going to like. With sort of play picks, out though. they like traded their high exactly picks. and a, i think i was gonna mention before they the before they traded for uh hayden first i had them jotted to take a, a guy like adam troman but they clearly show uh have shown here that they're they're interested in 
making Hayden Hurst a key point of their offense. I mean, you don't just trade a second and fifth round pick for a tight end if you're not going to use the hell out of them. Especially uh, in the red zone as well. Yeah. Because we all know that Julio Jones can't catch a touchdown to save his life. <laughs> Gosh. And Calvin Ridley is not a big receiver, and he's not particularly used in the red zone. And Austin Hooper had a decent amount of red zone usage last year, and especially he's he proved to be efficient in the red zone. And I think Hayden Hurst, is that's where the, the area that he's going to slide into, especially with uh, Todd Gurley not being able to run more than uh, two feet at a time. I don't think any way there's any way that the run game carries them in the red zone. I think they're going to pass the ball in the red zone. And I think Hayden Hurst is the main beneficiary of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love Hurst. Uh, again, like as much as I love Jarwin too, like I was going to take Hurst if uh, you hadn't. But again, like I'm, I'm more than fine and happy with my pick. But yeah, Hayden Hurst is going way too low in startups at this point. I think he's a locked in tight end one for next season. Might even be. Uh, by the end of the season, looked at as a top eight option. That's just my view, he, my view. He has to be after Gasecki. Like I don't see where you would take. Okay, maybe OJ Howard if you want to take the chance with Tom Brady, but there's no way you would take Johnny Smith, Irv Smith, Ian Thomas, no Jared way. Cook. He's in that tier for me. Even like, like Jarwin, I I feel like he has to be at the top just based off of I, the combination of vacated targets, more talented than Austin like, Hooper in passing volume. I was going to mention this might sound uh, like I'm in the minority. But if I'm giving Gesicki versus Hurst straight up, I might honestly take Hurst. Like that's how much yeah, of a I mean, believer I am in his usage. It's it's I think it's you a, can make an argument for it for sure. It's a toss up, I think, kind of the same similar yeah, no, concept both, for sure. Again, I still love Gesicki. Like him and Hurst are both amazing buys for me at this point. So, uh, yeah, no. They, again, there's a lot of tight end value to be had here, guys. So. Uh, Pay attention because uh, it actually seems like there's some actual depth at tight end, which is not I mean. the case. Tyler's shaking his head over the Gasecki. He's like, "Let's go, dog. Uh, Fins up, baby. Hatred. I love him. Fins up." Hey, listen, I'm a Dolphin fan. I have like three things I can actually hang on to about successes on this. Yeah, team. losing right. records, beating the Patriots once a year, and losing Hell records. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> and prior to last season, calling out the Devontae Parker breakout. I mean, that thing went on for a good four years. You can, you can call fifth-year breakout for every single player you're going to hit eventually. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, Josh Doxson's yeah. breaking out next year, I'm calling it. Yeah, cool. Right. <laughs> Laquan Treadwell signed a big contract. Oh, the Falcons. There you go. Yeah. All right. Get us out of here, Tyler. Yeah, uh, guys, again, Saturday and Tuesday, we're doing live mocks. Uh, we're doing live film reviews. We want you guys' presence because we'll be answering all your questions. We're going to be answering – everything that you guys want uh, us to cover. We're going to have a rotational cast. I'm going to maintain most of it. Uh, I'm going to be really excited to break down some film, show you why these 2020 prospects are going to be good, um, talk about some of my sleepers. Uh, I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for Saturday. I want to see a lot of you guys there, get to know you guys. We're going to have a great time. That's our Thursday video. It's been quarterback. It's been tight end wide receivers. Danny, uh, Danny Lucas, we killed it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I was – I was just going to say, I mean, follow along to this freaking channel, man, because uh, I, I say it in every video. we got big freaking things coming. Don't miss out. Like and subscribe down below. Hit that bell notification. I mean, y'all y'all got to be ready because we got big bombs for content just planned. Like One last thing I want to mention as well is uh, reach out to us at Football Stock on Twitter. Uh, comment section below whatever you guys want to talk about if you, if you want to tell Danny he's a biased Cowboys fan go <laughs> ahead if you want to tell me that the Bucks suck and they're horrible and Tom Brady sucks go ahead no, I'm not going to listen to you that. but um, but no seriously uh, uh, if you have ideas for shows if you want to uh, interact with Tyler during his, uh, his live streams if you want to um, you want to come on the show 
I'm yeah, if you exactly. want to come on the show, like exactly, like uh, Tyler already mentioned briefly that he would uh, bring guys on uh, or or girls if you if you're into football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we got. Uh, we, we should. By the time this comes out, we should have a lot more rookie profiles up on the site as well. So go check those out. Uh, a lot of written content coming. Uh, the fantasystockexchange.com. Look at the yeah. stock report on this shit. 